Mabuhay, kapwatids. My name is Aini. And my name is Stephanie. Welcome to the Babaylan Bruja Book Club Podcast. We have come together in efforts to decolonize our minds, bodies, and reconnected spirit by ways of relation via conversation, education, interpretation, and integration. So this is our invitation for you to join us on our journey as we discuss the works of honored artists, authors, and thought leaders in the Philippinex diaspora. Quick disclaimer, we want to acknowledge that in this moment, everyone is consciously where they need to be. And we are not experts, but we are sharing our own unique lived experiences. As we begin this episode, let's all take a moment to ground ourselves. Take a deep breath and take inventory of how you feel in this moment. Drop your shoulders, relax your jaw, take another deep breath. This is just a gentle reminder to come into the present. Opening this container, we want to acknowledge the ancestors of the lands we are residing on. I am living on the ancestral lands of the Shawnee, Wyandotte, Miami, and Delaware nations in Ohio. Stephanie is dwelling on the ancestral lands stolen from the Bay Miwok Yokut tribes in the Bay Area, California. We recognize these lands and these ancestors knowing we cannot do our own decolonizing work without naming their names and giving them their due respect. We also acknowledge our own ancestors, guides, the elements, spirit, and source, and invite them into this moment to inspire and support our conversation today. And may they inspire and support you as well, no matter whenever or wherever you are listening. Okay, so episode two, we're on our second episode. Oh my gosh. We made it. Um, it's actually chapter one in the book. Um, so the chapter is called The Babylon in Me, and it's by Sister Mary John Mananza, OSB. So I had to look up what OSB meant. I didn't know. So uh-huh. OSB is Order of St. Benedict. So she was a Benedictine, Benedictine nun of the monastic religious order of the Catholic Church following the rule of St. Benedict. So I'm just going to read the things that she did, and then maybe we can talk about it a little bit. Okay. Okay. So, she so, was... Go ahead. Just to kind of summarize, this this is told by Sister Mary John's lens. Yes. This is her writing. Yes. I, yeah. I, the mic drops. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't really have it. What a resume. Right? I, I'm Right? <laughs> <laughs> Ecofeminism, I I feel like yeah. we could have a whole episode on that. Yeah, she had me looking up stuff. I was like, damn. Right? <laughs> so a whole different like podcast episode to like discuss all the stuff she did and the organization organization she joined in and it made me kind of like pumped to be like now it's like our turn, you know, like the the couple of kids that are doing work in the community right now, whatever shape or form and how we, it's like a call to action. I felt like the book was this chapter in particular was saying 
call to action for us how can we mobilize you know i mean you're all the way in ohio i'm in california like you see how easy it was for us to connect like yeah and she did this stuff probably assuming when media was still on the boom um not even like as like you just download anchor app and you can <laughs> you can do a podcast now imagine the wealth of knowledge she would have recorded if she was like yeah and today we just protested against like the wine corporations and we won some buy contract so that they can honor giving women extra 50 cents raise or something you know like yeah yeah and what yeah. struck me is that it really was like this is uh this is like an amazing resume right but at each thing I feel when she tells it, the story of it, it comes from a heart space, right? She was moved by something and then she started such and such organization. Yeah. She physically linked arms with the workers and then that was her catalyst to form Friends of Workers right after that. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, maybe resume is not a proper term. I mean, in, in reality, if we're going to get talk about, like, words choice here, like, yeah, um, she's a doctor of linguists with linguists, right? It's really her legacy. It's a story of all of the things she did yes. in, like, seven pages. But, like, this is years and years of, I'm sure, so much, just so much movement, right, in the physical, mental, and spiritual space. And, um only commend her for sharing her story and just showing us that there are you know Filipinx women out there doing such grassrooted work in the spiritual community too it's yeah. not just um, physical like local things like that um, mm-hmm. and it's interesting how I mean on the be- the beginning like it says like in 2005 at some conference it was the Filipina American Women's Network Fawn in conference in New York, June 2005. They gave out archetypal personifications of the types of a violon. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of what the meat and potatoes of our, of our conversation is today, discussing how per that, conver- that um, conference, they broke it down into four types. It's on page 59. So according to the Filipina American Women's Network conference in New York in June 2005 they broke down the term Babylon into kind of archetypes and so there's the warrior the teacher, the healer and the visionary. The warrior takes a stand not only for survival but for a change for the better, for fairness, justice and balance and harmony in the community teacher harvests knowledge and heritage, processes nurtures and develops knowledge and heritage and then plants seeds for future generations to harvest healer removes disease and disease it's interesting brings about health and wholeness into the physical and emotional well-being of the community and lastly the visionary intuits and perceives truth and understanding and shares this with family and or community from which action is to be taken to move forward or for development success harmony and peace yes yeah so what are your thoughts on that on the archetypes uh i love me a good archetype so (laughs) um but i just you know what i really 
I just love that she's a, a, a Benedictine nun, but she is pulling from her own cultural heritage and tapping into her spiritual cultural heritage to kind of inform her current spirituality, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's beautiful. And then, so the what you had read <clears throat> from Fawn, the warrior, teacher, healer, visionary, um, Sister Mary John, she talks about it as the, the violent archetypes in her life, and she breaks it down as teacher, um, so she talks her, about her life as an educator and then the Bavilan as warrior. And she talks about her life as a political activist and then as visionary, envisioning women empowerment, what she did for that. And then the Bavilan as priestess. And she talks about her involvement in a liberating theology and spirituality. So I thought this, this was very refreshing for me. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. So she's an alchemist. She alchemized. Sis nailed it. Like literally sis nailed it. (laughs) She embodied all four archetypes. She was like, look, I did all this and it it it's applicable to these four archetypes. And you know, she spearheaded the path for us to continue, which is why I feel honored to be talking about her today and um, her work and what that inspires me, what it means for me and what it might mean for you, the listeners. Um, and, you know, my own personal experiences um, where I came, I feel like I've, you know, I'm a health educator. So there's how I kind of step into that role of teacher sometimes when appropriate and warrior. Um, I too served in a nonprofit. I worked for actually a, I forget now, but he's half Filipino for sure. And he's a assembly member for California. I worked in his office for almost a year. And policy is definitely, it's hardcore in terms of like, you got to figure out how to like, just deal with people. <laughs> but the, the thing that made me leave personally was just like the energy was so wackoed out. Like, I was like, I don't want to sit here and hear you guys argue about loopholes for hours and hours and hours Mm. just to please certain people off policies that like it hurts a certain set of the population but then it benefits the other and then vice versa and it's just so much like back and forth Um, yeah I think my like retired empathic ass was like I'm gonna protect my energy and figure out how to support the world in a more um, way that isn't self-sacrificing but still mm. in service. Mm-hmm. Um, so, That's anyways, but yeah, I have some of my own stories around behind policy and like working with men, passing women um, catered to policies, especially yes. in the church. Um, uh that's a whole other episode (laughs) (laughs) yeah no it's just it was simple like so I was an intern yeah I tell the story so I was an intern when I was finishing up my my curriculum for my master's program and I served in a nonprofit that catered to zero to five population in an area that had a lot of um, underserved usually um, people of color um, high risk they call it neighborhoods in a very large metropolitan city close to 
um, where I live. And um, basically, we want part of the projects that I was working on was to get policies passed within these um, organizations that would support zero to five, you know, children that are age zero to five. And so I, I advocated for a breastfeeding policy within the church because I noticed mothers were like breastfeeding during mass, but they didn't have a space to do it. So they would probably not do it and their baby would be crying or they'd be wearing like, you know, the, the wraps, right? Right. Um, so, and I was thinking like how that's sort of not fair because we work, we have work offices, we have homes, you know, and there's spaces for moms to be in a safe, quiet space to feed their baby. Um, and so I had to go to some council meetings and it was just interesting to hear like, you know, each, obviously each, every organization has their own idiosyncrasies, how they organize themselves. And um, there were women on the panel and part of the meeting. And it was just interesting to hear like spiritual leaders that were of course men were just like, well, why can't the baby just wait? before or after the mass to eat right <laughs> and you already <laughs> you're a mama so you know right yeah <laughs> yeah and so you so tell like, that to the baby okay precisely that's what one of the women so she's like well you can't tell baby when to eat a baby's gonna eat when a baby wants to eat yeah and so hush that priest up but i was just like the male ignorance in that moment was so interesting was profound in that for me to remember that and essentially they got passed, the policy was passed. And so they advocate, they advocated, they delegate, dedicate, excuse me, a room for moms to like have clean space with supplies to um, breastfeed. And so that's my yeah. little story about some parts of activism. Yes. <laughs> I love that. And then, you know, how you said that, you know, uh, um, just the, you said the ignorance, right, of some of the men on the panel. But I think it's not just the ignorance. It's just like, okay, we are telling you, we are telling you from our experience that this is a thing. And then for for the audacity, maybe it's the audacity to be like, no, you're fine. Right. And I'm, I'm like, the, it's like the mandacity, like the mandacity, the male dacity, or we should make that a word. Yes. <laughs> right. But um, yeah, that yeah. was among things like I was just like policy so slow and it takes so many opinions and people to find common ground. And it's just like, you know, so kudos to Sister Mary John um, for all of the policy like political work and especially now like how do you feel about the political climate and so many people being activists you know like life matter movements um you know the ad oh did you watch that documentary with maria the journalist no i didn't get to i haven't been able to watch it yet but she's uh, she's on the front lines oh yeah with duterte and his yeah. Crazy dictatorship. Oh, I know. So you you have some Bobylan archetypes in you, teacher warrior. I think we all do, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. We've mm -hmm. all stepped into that role at some capacity, but to read the chapter and like reflect like, oh, wow, you know, how um, these archetypes maybe kind of resonate with her and connect with her and the things she did and things that you do for, for the community, like mm -hmm. in service 
like you said earlier, heart-centered, right? Yes. Yes. And the Babylon really is in service to the community. You can't just be a Babylon off on the side by yourself, right? The, you, ha- you are serving. Yes. So, yeah. yeah, it is very inspiring. It is very inspiring to see what she did for the community and starts to um, have you think about personally how what you can do and where you can get involved, you know. And then also to your point earlier of you said something about needing to protect your energy, right? Mm-hmm. So um, like this year, I, I got into more boots on the ground activism work where I like went to marches and just um, just physically showed up. Mm-hmm. That was very draining. And then just to like get online and just the banter and then trying to figure out the what you could do. And then also like, like, you know, the kids are like, mom, I'm, I want a snack. And I'm like, I'm saving the world. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> you know, so um, I think especially in the time of social media, um, there's many avenues to put your energy into. And so I think just an encouragement and a reminder for people just to pick the one that comes from right here in your heart, heart. in the heart. heart. Mm-hmm. Yes. Heart centered. And anyway, that's my two cents. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a lot of hats. I think women play in general, whether or not you're Philippinex anyway. And Yes. Um, to kind of intuitively it's, be pulled into stepping into these roles, right? How Sister Mary John did um, and how we do, you and I do, and, and any of the listeners do on a daily basis. Sort of why I'm so drawn to energy medicine work because you can't, it's that adage, right? You can't pour from an empty cup. And yeah. so I'm amazed that like, I'm sure she, she'd summarize in like, like a page, right? But the things she did, like, I wonder now, like, how did she clear her body of all those? Because when you go to those rallies, you're, you're absorbing or you're yeah. trying to not get too inter- enmeshed with people's like anger and their anguish and their yeah. sadness and their rage. And yes, you're also your rep- your present, your presence is a representation of you agreeing with, you know, people being treated equally. Um, right. And I say that all to say, um, you know, as a Babylon too, it'd be interesting if we were talking to her present day, like as a priestess, what, like, I'd be curious to ask the sis, like what um, rituals she might've done Mm. to like, you know, clear this stuff out. Cause you know, honoring like the elements, right. The nature and all that stuff. Like how did she work with the sun and the moon at night? Like after a day of like, being out on the field, you know? Um, yeah. And how that could have been like an expansion into the text, but anyways, anyway, that's that. Those are good questions. <laughs> uh, shall we move on to our, to the quotes, talk about some quotes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before we do, I want to ask you. Okay. Roles. If, if any of them or all of them, do you feel like you stepped into those archetypes that we talked about? Um, so recently, uh, so teacher for sure, like I stay home and I unschool my children and I just, it's for me, it's more than just 
<clears throat> making sure they can read. Although that's that's a big part of it too. <laughs> making sure they, they can math and they can read. Um, but just like teaching them about life, teaching about teaching them about the things that like heart like kids understand more than we give them credit for, you know? And so just respecting them as like little, as like beings, as an actual spiritual being mm -hmm. and wanting to teach them um, the things that I wish that somebody had talked to me about, but instead were like hush hushed or pushed under the rug, you know? Right, right. So teacher for sure as warrior, like I said, I um, got into some activism work and, and, um, uh, Let's see. I'm on the board of a of a nonprofit here. I think I talked about that in the last episode. A nonprofit here in um, Columbus that is for adoptees and by adoptees. Um, and then, uh, warrior. I practice the Filipino martial arts. Yes, I'm so, still waiting for my lessons. Girl. Yeah. Okay. Just you wait. Just you wait. I need to. Continue being ready. Stay ready. So Stay ready. ready. Yes. Yes. You have to get ready. Yes. Um, and then visionary. Uh, let's see. I mean, I think just like manifesting, right? Like we mm -hmm. had a vision. You and I had a vision for this podcast. And boom. Mm -hmm. Yes. Here yes. we are. And priestess is the one that's closest to my heart. Um. Um, I don't know, like I do a lot of rituals for spiritual rituals for myself. And um, I'm still seeing how that can serve the community. If we're talking about, you know, Babylon as priestess. So, mm. <clears throat> but that one is that one is the one that's like, most special to me. If, if, uh, if that makes sense so mm -hmm. yeah I, I felt that <laughs> I'm looking at your face right now <laughs> I think priestess too for me it's like a level of alchemy that um, you step into once you've kind of been able to sit in these other roles and also acquire like you know elders and mentors along the way um, either directly or indirectly um I, and you know, it sounds naive, but I think we're all, you know, priestesses. Oh yes, we choose to be. Um, yeah. And who would want to be a priestess? Like, yeah, I'm a boss bitch, <laughs> bruja, bruja, bailan <laughs> <laughs> of my own reality. And um, yeah, again, but also moving from a space of heart center, I feel like that's really important to emphasize because. You know, they with these contrasts and respecting in duality, like dark and light, good and bad, people in power who are the bad guy. You're still in a form of power. Mm -hmm. is, is it heart centered? Is it truly heart centered? Mm -hmm. And sometimes it can be. That's another like wormhole I want to get into. But yeah. um, either way, um, thank you for answering my impromptu question. You're welcome. I love impromptu questions. That's cool. <laughs> All right, and we're back. So, like every other episode, we 
follow sort of a quote, vocab word, and then we close out kind of structure. So we decided to pick, um, would you like to start with vocab words first or quotes first? Let's do quotes first, maybe. Okay. I don't, I don't know. Quotes. So I picked it on page 62. And then was around the top, it was around the term she used, integral salvation. So I guess I'll read from the paragraph where it's to give some, some background. All of the sudden, these sisters who were inside the cloister were all out in the streets. She's talking talking about a story about them all being out and about, I guess, um, during the day. And we went through a spiritual crisis because people were asking, are these still sisters? How come they are out in the streets? How come they are talking about just wages? But at this time, we had started rethinking our theology. <clears throat> we started talking about integral salvation, that there is no soul that is saved without the body. So if there's an obstacle to the well-being of the persons, if we are what we call Christians who are taking seriously Jesus's message, then we had to be there. This was our spiritual rationalization, if you want. But that is the way we were inspired. If we were truly followers of Christ, then we would do anything for the good of the people who are made up of the body and soul. If we are nuns who are supposedly to be radical Christians, we should be where people are. So that is how I got socially and politically involved. Yes. What was your thoughts or commentary on that passage? What made you want to bring that to us today? You know, it's a great question. I think salvation is sort of, I'm decolonizing how it's a trigger word mm. because of the way the syntax was used in the context growing up. Like, you know, I haven't had someone say like, my salvation won't be compromised for you. And it's like, it's like you got to be saved to be worthy of the promises of Christ and all that mm -hmm. stuff. So I was like integral, like integrating how to be saved. Um, and then I was a little confused, honestly, initially with the sentence after there was like, there is no soul that is saved without the body. So assuming like we're stepping to the age of Aquarius, right? And we're all remembering we're sovereign beings and we have right to think for ourselves and discernment and all that stuff. I was yeah. like, well, if the soul is, you know, because we're spiritual beings having a human experience, you, if you kind of remember that, right, in more or less better eloquent words, then you can decide to save yourself. You can yeah. save yourself by being a decent freaking human being, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I was like, it didn't make sense on an individual personalized level to me, but as the paragraph or the quote kind of developed I was like oh I think she's talking about like people as the body of Christ right so that's why we're all trying to save each other <laughs> or support each other to be saved or like help each other or guide each other right because ultimately it's not up to only that person to be saved or liberated right whatever mm -hmm. synonymous word you want to use yes that looks like for you um but I mean if given you know the law of one and that we're all interconnected then it makes sense like why people are doing activism work or like like these nuns are you know out where the people are because that's where the body is mm -hmm. and it's, it's like these nuns this is my bio mind going off right now let's go they're like 
They're oh. like the immune system cells, right? Like those white blood cells trying to fight mm-hmm. infection and like mm-hmm. bring those antibodies to like get rid of those viral foreign things that are causing disruption and dis homeostasis in the body. Yes. <laughs> Use them big words. I mean, in this degree, finally, years later, right? <laughs> but yeah, um, so for me, what I take from that in conclusion is that she was saying like, if we're nuns and we're, you know, radical Christians and it's kind of like their duty to protect the body, right? And embody, embody the body and then they need to be where the people are. I like, want to be. I was just going to say where people are. <laughs> Like Ariel said, you know? yes, yeah, um, yeah. Because I mean, in the context of what she's talking about, they had just linked arms with these uh, the protest rally. Yes, right? at the protest rally. Um, so I think people were when she says people were saying like, "Are these still?" Are these still sisters? Like, how come they're talking about just wages? They're probably asking, why are they being so political, right? Mm. But, I mean, political actually means, like, I think it means, like, of the body. Like, so it's it's right for, for a religious organization to be of the body. Politics is a set of activities that were associated with making decisions in groups. I mean, it, requ- it requires bodies to make a decision for the group, right? And that's what our body does for us, right? Yeah. Okay. You know, I could go off on a rabbit Tangent. hole. Come back. Okay. So what was I saying? But anyway, they're probably saying, why are these nuns so, so being so political? Shouldn't you just like stay? In church. Yeah. Just, just do that stuff. Because your work is confined to only the church. Right. So... I think she was saying, like, like you can't, you literally cannot, like, if somebody is in, if their body is not taken care of, you, it's almost like you cannot take care of the spirit. Because, like, say, if we didn't have any food or shelter, then it's just survival, right? We are, we have privilege to, to live where we are, the time that we do have a roof over our heads so that we can actually like talk about soul so maybe that's that's a little element to it Mm. as well Mm -hmm. like if some if people are just surviving if people are just trying to make sure that they don't get killed by the military or you know that their livelihood isn't taken away they don't there's no room to talk about soul because they're just talk they're just worried about surviving but if you take care of that take care of their bodies like take um give them resources etc then you can start talking about they they have a better um mind space or heart space to think about soul yeah what do you think about that thought yeah no i'm thinking about like um what you said it's a privilege to how you and i are sitting and you know acknowledging our privilege to be in a warm roof over a head we got water clean mm-hmm. water um and so we're able to sit in spaces essentially that's what the church used to serve right as a place as a place of um 
what do they call when you go to a different country and you're looking for um diplomacy or like uh um uh like a safe a safe house right when you're yeah i know what you're talking about yeah i think it's it's something yeah it's something like diplomacy but it's 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 something else not that word i know asylum are you talking about asylum sure right you're an american in paris and you're running away from espionage i don't know that's not even the right word but you could be the enemy of the state and you're like i gotta go to america safe house right because they made an agreement this is a safe spot (laughs) right right so it's essentially what i think as i'm talking about at church you know church is um provided as a spiritual safe house you know that's why they welcome the all souls um, regardless of how you appear or whatever so I say that all to say yeah you know acknowledging how when you're in survival mode you're not thinking about like I need to be a human and like no you're trying to you're trying to live trying to survive and there's many people doing that right now as we record this and, yes yeah and so who are we as like you know like as she was saying like who am I as a nun who's to protect the body not doing things to protect people yes support people and yeah i think it's like an innate kind of divine intuition as that calls us in different shapes or forms like what we're doing right now right to talk about it um because like who are, who are we to sit here and not flex our throat chakras anymore <laughs> <laughs> with all this you know just conversation um but anyways integral salvation so i guess that would So integrating a way to save or like to help people come to a place of peace and liberation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and sorry, I didn't mean to. No, no, go ahead. But I was going to say too, I like how you were mentioning decolonizing the word salvation, not to mean like, I don't know, like you don't, you're going to go to hell. Yeah, you, you're going to go to hell if you don't say these certain words. Or you don't go to church. Don't, you don't go to church or whatever. But just like salvation is, um, yeah, like what does that mean in a decolonized sense, right? Like I know what it means in a colonized sense, but yeah. According to Google, our friend Google, it says preservation or deliverance from harm, ruin, or loss. Okay. Thank you, Google. Thanks, Google. Theology, according to Google, says deliverance from sin and its consequences believed by Christians to be brought about by faith in Christ. So integrating kind of the deliverance from sin by being a fucking human being and you see your brothers and sisters suffering, support them. Like just like in your body, like I was talking going off about our immune system, like our immune system sees us in distress. There's something in our body that shouldn't be there. Like get rid of it like how do we work together Mm -hmm. to get this to take care of his body you know yes um also i i found i we were since you were googling i also googled but i found the definition that i was looking for it's called body politic which is a noun so the people of a nation state or society considered collectively as an organized group of citizens so the body politic so if you take that and apply it to politics, so like politics is about bodies. It's about people, you know, there's legislation, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. But and at the end of the day, it's about the body politic. It's about a collective people. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yes. Ooh, that's Steve. That's Steve's sis. All right. Sorry. Let's move on to your quote if you feel okay. complete. No sorries. We should stop saying sorry. As I know. Women, we're working on that. I know. As women, you know, maybe in, if I feel like I interrupt you, I'll just say, it, I'll just say, I don't know. <laughs> we'll talk about this. Yes. I love that. It's like a yeah. reframing phrase or something. Exactly. Okay. So the quote that hit me was on page 65 and 66 it's like the very last of what she wrote and it's under the um the Babylonist priestess section and she is for context she is talking about um discovering asian spirituality like zen and yoga and she says that that was a completion of her being so she studied zen and she took yoga um so, yeah, so at the bottom of page 65, she says, uh, this is another of the con- quote unquote contradictions I had learned to live with. People ask me how, as a Roman Catholic sister, I could do Zen or Siddha yoga meditation. My bad if I'm saying that wrong. My answer is, suppose I am walking on the street and I come across a diamond. Should I ask myself, is this a Catholic diamond? And if it is not, I should just throw it away? Too bad for me if I do. I think that God put all these gems in all religions, Mm. and I, as a child of God, claim them for myself and feel free to integrate into my spirituality what I find helpful. And then she talks, she, she asks syncretism. So what isn't real life syncretic, syncretic, yes, like synchronicity. Yes. So, um, but that, that bleeds into the vocab word that I wanted to bring, but I just really appreciate it. I love, I love me some contradictions, honestly, like some both mm. and situations, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like both you, you can be both sad and happy. Like I tell that to my kids all the time. Like you can be, you can be disappointed about this, but you can also be happy about this, right? Come on, conscious parenting. I'm here <laughs> for it. <laughs> so, yeah. So like, I love how she's, people are like, because people are so dualistic, right? And I say people as in me too. This is inside me as well sometimes. And I'm working on that. Deprogramming, yeah. Right. And people are asking like, you're a Catholic sister. So how could you do Zen, right? And just the, her answer is just so beautiful. Like if there's a diamond on the street, do I ask, is it a Catholic diamond? You know, and just that whole the whole idea that there are truths in all religions, there's good in all religions. Um, there's good in all spiritual belief systems. There's also bad because it's both and right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I just love that just hit me as somebody who's also trying to decolonize her faith and just like, for me personally is stepping away from like leading in an actual like evangelical American church. Um that hit me yeah and inspired me so beautiful I mean it's it's such a it's such an it's there's levels to it for me if you're gonna 
take her example of pinpointing a diamond and how beautiful and you know um valuable and um people go to war over those things right they go to war over religion um but mm-hmm. about the beauty and the essence and the meaning and the value of a diamond how like to categorize as like oh only catholic diamonds are valuable like mm-hmm. diamonds are valuable in general yeah. people are the ones who apply the value of what it, to it is and so I love how she's just saying, like, well, if it's only a Catholic diamond, it's only valuable. No, that's why um, lately I've been saying I'm an omnist. I claim omnism. Yes. Speak on that. What is what is what is omnism? I'm new to that. So omnism, which is interesting because it makes me dive into the linguistics of om. And, you know, when we sit in meditation or yoga spaces, we Um, chant om which is what they say this is may or more or less again i'm not an expert i am experienced um how we chant om and how om seems to be like the the sound of the universe the frequency of the universe right going off and everything is energy Mm -hmm. and so when you kind of take that word om and how everything is everything and nothing at the same time that's a paradox right yeah (laughs) <laughs> that's the age we're in like we're, we're transcending past duality it's, it's no longer like only polar yeah you know, it's just that's the universe it's infinite so omnism is like for me it resonates so much because it it honors that there's truth in all religions i mean if you think about like the great vast universe like there's just so much um that can come down and like channeled into earth by different beings that you know, regardless where they resided, or they're in India, or the Philippines, or, you know, even freaking like Canada, or, you know, even here in America, before it was America, right, those indigenous Native American, like, what were they channeling from, you know, the heavens from the infinite, to bring about truth and how humans, because somewhere someone knew, not even a someone, right, something knew that we needed to have these set of principles and guidelines and scriptures and all different forms for us to find truth and to find mm-hmm. ways to live our lives in a way of remembering that we're spiritual beings. And mm-hmm. so that's why I think that they're just pieces of the puzzle, you know, Hinduism, Catholicism, Christian, Christianity, um, Buddhism, right. Um, that's, that's like, there's more obviously, sure. That I'm missing, but um, there's truth in all of them. And I love yeah. the song by Talib Kweli. I used to be a big fan of him yeah um it's it's called heaven or hell i think and um one of the lyrics was just like you know religions are just fighting over the same fucking thing like it's really about being a love like human beings mm-hmm. like honoring each other and work how can we work together but mm-hmm. you know there is very much corruption there's there's dark and there's darkness but they have to exist if one doesn't exist how can both exist right like the that question of am i and i am or um anyways yeah that you know it's in the scripture in the bible and you know this um i am the alpha and the omega you know yeah so assuming we you know and that's again the law of this is my correction from episode one it's (laughs) the law of free will is what i meant episode one um all the info is out there okay and it's just for us to decide if we want to connect the dots and figure out how to move from a place of love um because that's what we are it's how we got here 
Mm-hmm. Who are our parent, our, our parents, our creators, you know, <laughs> in this reality? What did they do? <laughs> you know, so yeah. Anyways, I digress. I'm I'm just brought up like how I love the diamond piece and how omnism for me is part of my decolonization. Just okay. realizing and respecting religions have their truths, but they also have their yeah. lies. Yes. Um, and I get to decide which ones feel resonant for me, especially when I drop into my heart. So right. that's why omnism kind of drove. And I think that's kind of what she was similarly saying in her own way. Like, you yeah. know, she got to study different sectors of religion and found right. the same sort of vibration yeah. that that church was supposed to provide for us. Right. Yeah. Yes. I think, you know, there's, I mean, this is a whole other topic, but, you know, there are so many stories of people who have near-death experiences, and they talk about how on the other, quote-unquote, side, all they felt was love. You know, they just felt this love. And it doesn't matter what they, like, a lot of people have the same story, and they come from different religions, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I'll... Can I ask you a question? I'm going to, I want to ask you a question. Yes. Okay. So do you consent to this question? I do. Okay. Um, so how does omnism play out in your life? Is there anything like you wouldn't do? Like if someone's like, Hey, come to my Baptist church. Would you be like, no, thanks. Ooh, or... girl. Oh, that's a good question. It's juicy. Sorry. <laughs> Um, were you done asking it? Yeah, that was was the question. That's a really good one. You know, um, this decolonizing work, getting into it this past like year for show, especially when shout out to JL creator, Jana, the Violence Center of Studies. And I think you took some classes. You're doing some really beautiful things too. Um, you know, when I participated in that poetry challenge she had, I was like, dang, this is Mm -hmm. some deep work. But um, decolonizing, you know, I haven't been attending a Catholic church for a while. And I do go, but there was a smoke there. there, I will say, like, I'm still kind of in that process. But I Mm -hmm. understand I can be what I call from a bird's eye view, which I think is is kind of where the optimism comes into place. You're seeing that seat of observance. Ah. Uh, I read, uh, I've used that from um, Michael Singer, The Untethered Soul. Um, just kind of being able to see it from bird's eye view, like, okay, this is a Catholic church. This is a Catholic ritual. This is a Baptist church. This is a Baptist mm-hmm. ritual. I may not understand all the scripture and the frequency or the, the sequence of, um, rituals and things like that. But I understand that there's, that's the structure they're using to welcome this baby, which, which is also another topic for another day. Like, why we have to baptize babies. They're so pure already. <laughs> like we need baptisms and Christian Christian what do they call them? Um Christianings for adults. <laughs> girl girl. Yeah. <laughs> we do got... like every month. <laughs> that's, why right? like, that's why I'm so for like omnism in terms of like people claim nature as their religion, right? Because mm-hmm. when the full moon happens, like it's like, you know, sit with sit and go for a hike or like sit outside or take a, a bath Mayari moon apothecary right yeah shout out shout out shameless plug like you said <laughs> but um 
yeah, uh, this past holiday season, you know, I grew up, uh, my mom grew up teaching me to be like a lector in the Catholic community. And um, I agreed to read for like one of the Simbunga B um, mass. Those are the nine nights people are familiar. <laughs> so Simbunga B is a, the nine days before Christmas. We In the Philippines, people go to mass at 5 a.m. So out here, you know, every church community, Filipinos, they honor it in some way. So I decided to read, but being kind of maybe knee deep, even waist deep into this decolonizing work. Um, for me personally, um, sitting in church and just like, it hit different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was saying it hit different to sit there and be like, okay, so now we sit and now we recite this prayer. And now mm-hmm. like we say this and they changed um, one of their things. And I was like, Ooh, I don't like that wording. Cause our words mm-hmm. are spells, right? Yes. And so like kind of claim like I devote myself to the Catholic church. It's like, I, I kind of, I don't. So it didn't feel a place of integrity for me. So, you know, while I can appreciate the essence of the gathering, there are now, like if I was to say it, like you said, back to your question in a Baptist, um, baptism ritual, I would see it as like for the essence of it, right. For what the, they're, for what this means to this family or this yeah. these parents who are consenting to like s- deliver their child or make sure their child makes it to heaven. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, that's why I was like, mm. you know, I, I'm trying not to sound like I'm for any means, like, I don't want to say like I'm above that or like I'm so beyond it, but it's interesting to sit in a space of like, again trying to honor people have different perspectives and remembering who I am and what I get to decide like what resonates for me and how I want to go and so yeah I believe that you have to really baptize a baby for them to be in heaven not necessarily but I understand like the sentiments and the vibration that this Mm -hmm. community is trying to generate so that this child has like can soak it in right Mm -hmm. but that's fleeting energy is fleeting. you can I mean you could be zen you meditate in the morning and you can leave your house and someone could like crutch you off in the road you'd be pissed yes but it's like that consist that's what spirituality is like teaching us um, how to be disciplined yeah you know to stay committed to something Mm -hmm. so I would say long story long answer short um I am able to sit in those things I think they're interesting you know I have a lot of friends in diverse religious backgrounds and it's just, it's sort of beautiful. It's kind of a way to travel and see like how their communities mm-hmm. spiritually mm-hmm. do things. And then obviously take what resonates with me home. Yes. Yes. I love that. How you can, you know, show up and give respect to like your friends or whoever invited you to a christening or a, a church service or a Christmas thing. So you can come and, and, and respect that. And then just like you said, take away what resonates for you. Right. Um, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's beautiful. And yeah, on the whole, this is a rabbit trail, but just on the whole baptizing babies thing, you know, I was taught um, that, you, well, you probably taught too, like you come into the world and you're like a sinner, right? Like you're a cute baby, you're an hour old, you're a sinner, right? But I know, yes, I, you know, it's like we have to laugh it off because it's, it's like, you know, sorry to bring back page 65 before your quote that you brought up, like yeah, the it. paragraph before she said, 
um, yoga, which gave me another aspect of contemplation, a certain kind of lightness of being, an element of joy mm-hmm. I did not find in Zen. Mm-hmm. And I learned to dance with the playfulness, playful consciousness of God. And I really think that's like what it's about. So these things that are like so dark and like you are going to go to hell. And yeah, that's like that's why God gave us laughter, too, because it's like, you yeah, know, not not trying to disrespect, but it's like. I don't want to, I don't choose, I don't consent to like give yeah. that, my life force energy into something that's like a bad or dark outcome. I'd rather yeah. focus on. So anyway. Yeah. yeah. And like just recently, um, I was just thinking about the scriptures that are based on you're a sinner coming into the world. Cause they, you know, they bring it back to Adam and Eve. Right. But then if you read the passages, like it's a, it's not really original sin because it's talking about original sin, right? That's how we're all sinners because of original sin because woman, a woman <laughs> did something. But like, if you think about it, we have original goodness because God, like if you read the, the, the creation story, God says he created it and he said it was good, right? Mm. So Mm. Um, that's how I see it now. It's like, we come from original goodness and there really is, um, people want to just focus on sin. And I think that is a colonial mindset because if you can folk, if you can make people focus on what they're doing wrong and say that you only can, they can only come to you for, to make it correct, to make it right, then you have power over them. Right. Mm. So yeah 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 let's like giving away your power and not remembering your sovereign being your sovereign mm-hmm. soul and you came here for a reason it's part of the amnesia veil to like remember let it drop and step into your purpose and i wanted to just close out this um this question if that's okay with yeah. what you were saying earlier about um coming into like going to a ritual or like you're not necessarily part of like that made me think about how speaking like an activism point um you know right now with all the racial injustice that's mm-hmm. been emboldened with trump's being the president but it's been around for centuries right? right um but i remember watching a documentary um on daryl davis you heard of daryl davis mm-hmm. he is the white he is a black man who befriended um the kkk and they welcomed him into his, into the, so if you think about like, I know this is probably going beyond religious sectors, but if you think about like bodies of people, right, mm-hmm. that come together for a similar set of beliefs, obviously the KKK was a, a organization or a set of people who came together because they thought their skin for whatever, they're supreme over everyone mm-hmm. else. And to have a black man who they've, you know, according to their beliefs, right? Just like if a baby wasn't baptized, according to certain people's beliefs, they wouldn't be going to heaven. Mm-hmm. It's like him being a living, breathing example, among others, other stories, right? How he can, I wouldn't say penetrate, but to kind of exude a, an existence that allows this organization to welcome them, Right shows how humanity is still very much you know pr- like you can still find the essence like i can still yeah. find the essence of sitting in a baptism in front of uh, i see what you're saying yeah and i wish and i hope 
and I know that that exists in, in humanity and I want to believe that it still does. And that's why we're all doing the work, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Um. <laughs> it came to me. I don't know. Intuitively was a download. I don't know. We honoring it all here today. It was just, it was the spirit. It was the spirit coming through. Yes, that's right. So, um, just because we're talking about, you know, omnism and all this stuff, I can't, can't, I'm, if it's cool, I want to drop into my, um, vocab word. Yes. Okay. So the vocab word is syncretism. Mm. And so, um, this was like a big thing that was taught to me that syncretism is sin, right? So syncretism. What? Really? Yeah. 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 Hold on. Yes. Okay. So syncretism is the combination of different religions, cultures, or schools of thought. So basically omnism, right? So for me, I was taught that you cannot have anything else except Christianity. And this, and Christianity is the only thing that is correct. And if you add anything else to it, if you add any, Thing from a different religion or culture or school of thought that is sin because in the scripture it says uh because in the scripture in the old testament god tells the israelites that thou shalt have no other god before me right so so i was taught that syncretism is a sin it's a sin honey it's oh. a sin oh no repent <laughs> for the kingdom of god is near oh Say it, preacher. <laughs> so I just, so honestly, that's why I really appreciated sister, the sister here. What was her name? Mary I don't want to Yes. I appreci- appreciated her and how she talks about these, how she's, she's answering people's questions because, um, you know, syncretism, she says like syncretism. So what isn't real life syncretic? absolutely yeah and so i it's that's just for me as someone who is decolonizing their faith and coming um out from under the roof of the evangelical american church Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. that was just freeing and also inspiring to hear her say that and talk about syncretism in a way that was positive and not negative yeah 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 like to give you that belief or give you that option to believe that it doesn't necessarily have to be all dark and like negative and mm-hmm. you know to remember you have choice and that's what I love 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 about this Adrian and remembering we're sovereign beings we always have choice mm-hmm. and to have like a I don't know if she's Filipino I'm assuming she is um you know brown another brown sister literally tell us it's mm-hmm. okay to believe in other religions too while you practice mm-hmm. and embody these Christianity or Catholic mm-hmm. um, things. So, yeah. yeah. So was that surprising that I was taught syncretism is a sin? Yeah, you know, I had a, I had a, I had a lover once that said the same thing. Like you can't believe in, you can't believe in different things. So then like you're, that's like a Jezebel spirit or some type of like, oh, like 
condemning oh the free gosh. spirit, right? Of like being able to think for herself or himself or other self. He said you had a Jezebel spirit. Yeah. But anyway, that's a whole other. <laughs> now we can talk well, about. Well, hold on. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> Put a pin in that one. But yeah, what, but what I have found outside, outside of the church, out from underneath the big giant sky is that like, if you look at all these practices, there is a thread there. Like you said, I think you touched on this. There's a thread there. That's like the same, like love, right? If you boil it all down, it's, it's love. It's, it there's it's, there's a golden thread that that's this it's the same and like every sort of religion school of thought gang um, yeah policy love, whatever yes. like it came from love and yeah that love may have been misconstrued or energetically mm-hmm. misconstrued mm-hmm. right because people when they move from a place of love like i was saying earlier it could be a place of hurt love right mm-hmm. they loved and they got hurt it talks mm-hmm. about like you know traces back to the womb like mm-hmm. our parents our caregivers like they you know they loved us but how can you this is so deep that i'm just gonna say simply for now um you know it's like those classic like cinematic characters that you know the the quote-unquote bad guy i think of um from marvel the the brother of mm. Captain America, whatever he's like the it's like the like the scar to the to the Mufasa. Yeah, right, right, right. The scar, like he was. I'm sure if he if he found therapy and like a way to self salvation, salvation, mm-hmm. he would have stepped into a place of like being a really powerful being. But he was always compared to something else, and that dimmed his light. And then he went his way. So, um. Anyways, I. I don't know how we got down this rabbit trail, but because <laughs> you know we could go forever. Um, just you know, love at the end of the yes. day, and yes. to have reached that vibration to really step and embody that. There's you energy don't lie, period. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that's a, that's one thing that from I trust in. Like mm-hmm. you can you can feel it, you can see it, you can witness it, and if you allow yourself to right and that will right. give you the the truth that's the truth right and we're in truth sight lies love right? right and and also there are high energies and low energies in every school of thought you know just like i said earlier like you can use christianity for good or for for not for bad you know just like yeah you can use like anything so um i don't know where i was going with that yeah it's okay it's okay Okay. i know we go down these holes but that was i mean all in all i mean this while it was like seven chapters or seven chapters seven pages it's it's a lot of richness to dissect and digest Mm -hmm. with all the work that she did and i love how she just kind of wielded literally her power and knowing using her voice and using her presence and her knowledge to like show us that there's so many ways to assist the collective right the world and uh, remembering like there's something so much greater right beyond this and 
Yes, and that she was inspired again by Babylon, by by, by by something the 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 Spanish colonists deemed as bad. But here she is finding yeah. inspiration and goodness in it because again, there is good. You can find goodness in things that, and if somebody's telling you what I what I think now is like if somebody somebody is telling me a school of thought is bad or this is bad I'm gonna go and look at it because I'm like it's probably not like you have there's a there's an agenda for you to say that it's bad right you have some sort of programming that comes from an agenda from a larger organization and so yeah yeah yes okay hashtag energy don't lie right exactly All right. Take a deep breath and uh, we'll move into our last segment. Thank you, listeners, for keeping up. Um, Yeah. Wherever you, whatever you're doing, driving, hope you're safe. Ironing, folding clothes, stretching, (laughs) washing dishes, washing dishes. (laughs) Um, All right. So we'll move into the vocab piece. And you've shared yours, and mm-hmm. now it's my turn. All right. So the cho- the the word I chose is victim consciousness. Oh. And that is on <laughs> it's on page sixty five. And you know, obviously, y'all are noticing a common theme of religion and how it's been used to conform people for since the beginning of time um but when she brought victim consciousness this is her sentence so so what i'm saying is that religion conditions the women have to see let me start over so what i am saying is that religion religion conditions the women to have a victim consciousness what is victim consciousness it is a passive long-suffering does not fight back and is not assertive that is what women are being conditioned to believe about themselves. That is what pushed us sisters to go into feminist theology. And I believe that the tasks of theology are two. One is deep to deconstruct whatever is oppressive and then to reconstruct what is liberating. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's a doozy, right? <laughs> yes. Like, ah, oh, maybe step back, like, you know, checking with yourself, like, how have I been conditioned to into this victim consciousness? And I see it permeate in my matrilineal lines, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And the patriarchy. I don't know if y'all's are ready for this conversation. <laughs> Maybe not Just today. Just do it. Another day. Okay, another uh, day. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, to touch on it, like, just the role of men and women in the household, right? And right. how religion has kind of conditioned us to believe like the man does this the woman does this you know yeah but it's only a matter of time until yeah. some brujas were like wait wait a minute yeah ah uh, yeah yeah that's a whole other question that's a whole other topic because I have a I, I even have scripture Ooh. and theology to bring up oh yes so. bless us with that <laughs> and another day I know you gotta prepare but, um, well, I mean, or I can drop it on it. Drop it, girl. Let's just, let's just do it. Drop I mean, it. if people are still here, like, okay, bravo for you. 
So, but you and I are having a great conversation. Hell yeah. Sister. So, um, so yeah. So what I was taught is like, yeah, the uh, you as a wife need to be submissive to your husband, right? And then in what? the if, kidding. <laughs> in the American Christian Church, there's this um, Proverbs 31, right? The the there's there's this woman in Proverbs 31. Ooh, I'm looking up. Yeah, look it up. And so it's like at the end of 31. And it's supposed to be like what you should strive for as a Christian woman. Like you need to like be about your, your, do you have it? You have it pulled up. Yeah. So it's becoming a Proverbs 31 woman means working hard to become a woman who honors God. Remember that you're worthy of God's grace, love others, be good to others and pray for others. But that's someone's interpretation on the blog. Right. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm fine with that. It sounds very neutral. <laughs> I can do that. But, um, yeah, but the thing is, so they're basing all that on this Proverbs 31. That's not even contextually, you don't need, it's a poem. So you, you don't base your theology off of poetry. Like, like you, it can inspire theology, but it's not canon. It's not like you have to be like this. And if you read the scripture of the, the end scripture, I won't go into it. Y'all can look it up. But she's actually, the Proverbs 31 woman is independent and a badass. She goes and buys her own land and she like has her own business separate from her husband. So that doesn't sound like submission to me. That sounds like co-creation together. Yes. Thank you. Co-creating. Yes. I am the alpha. You're the omega. Like the man has his place and space so does the woman and they work together it's not like a yes. man woman follow the man and that's I, what some sections sectors of religion have like right and it just it just <laughs> it infuriates me honestly just that like just as a person who studies theology and did that for a long time that they're the blah, the context of it is not even correct like it's a poem like, is this the one where they say like she has to wear gold and cover her hair and no or, or, or wear purple? Uh oh, yeah, that's the it is the purple one. Oh, girl, it's, it's yes, the purple. I had a lover send me that shit. Actually, my ex, <laughs> like when he was trying to make me like read the Bible more and like convert yeah. to this extreme yeah. form of it. Uh huh. Um, I was like. It, and it was literally coming from, I bring, I'm not bringing him up to talk shit. Let's just say that he's a great lesson in terms of like representing right. people who present the scripture and is like, this is law. And it's like, yes. How can you say that is law when it's actually poetry? <laughs> like you can't, do you know what I'm saying? Like you can't just like pull, pull something out and be like, okay, this is law now. And the the original author is like, no, actually, that's that's just like some artistic stuff that I wrote under inspiration one day. So anyway, girl, I was like, oh, so I gotta go buy purple. I love purple. I was like, I like purple. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, like, right. And then if you read it, like I said, she's not submissive. She is a badass. She owns her own shit. She goes and buys her own stuff. Yeah. She wears purple because purple is royalty, and she bought the purple herself. So anyway, tell them. Anyway, that's em. my, that's my, uh, 
tell them. And that's the that's how it's like omnism. There's truth in every religion, right? And that's scripture. Mm-hmm. Even if it's mm-hmm. poetry, like yeah. take the purple. What does it mean? Royalty. Woman, yes. what are you? Woman, you royalty. Yeah. Remember that. Love yourself. Love yourself. Okay. So that thank you for indulging my theological rabbit trail. Yes. No, I'm here. I love it. I love it. Thank you. That's really what um, that quote you brought up. Like, what is syncretism? Yeah, isn't it life syncretic? Syncretic. That's, that's what's happening right now. Yeah, we're in syncret synchronicity. Yes, that's why we're here. <laughs> five, five, five. Is it really? No. Oh, it's almost here. I was like, what? So yeah, back to your uh, victim consciousness, or yeah, victim consciousness. Yeah, girl, yeah. I could go into like masculine, feminine, like combo all day but and that that's like even saying like how we need to get to divine union which is ultimately christ consciousness but mm-hmm. uh, right it's it's just like that's yummy it's so yummy i know mm-hmm. and i'm like sometimes i'm like oh, this is so good like to know and but you know honoring everybody has their own pace space and how they're gonna arrive and connect the dots um yes and I, I don't know everything. Let me say that. You know, talking to some of my family members and friends who like have others who are going through their own awakening experience and mm-hmm. how they kind of, uh, what's the word? Like, I wouldn't say persuade, but like they inundate them with so much information and they're like, read this, do that, like um, buy your crystals and like, you know. <laughs> Oh yeah. Stock up yeah. on toilet paper. The end is coming. Yeah. Like say, pray, save yourself, stuff like that. It's like oh my gosh, you know what I mean? It's like everything is already there. It's there. It's like as you said earlier like simple remembering like where are these all these religions saying love, love. And once you're rather mm-hmm. it's like how can you just stay here and embody it? Like so when people kind of yes. I don't know why I went out there, but people when kind of talk about like this place of like fear because the end is coming and stuff Mm -hmm. like that's where it's just like too much like you know like it's just so for me it's like so not it it falls out of dissonance with me like it doesn't resonate anymore because it's like why am I gonna why would I want to stay in this place right right and then yeah, just the the whole fear thing. Like, oh my gosh, I, you just I you just can't. You can take the girl out the church, but you can't take the Bible out the girl. Like, there's this there's this passage that says, "Perfect love casts out all fear." Right, and so if you think mm-hmm. about if that there's perfect love traveling through all religions and 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 thought processes and ways spirituality, right? Yes. So it's love, and it's not fear, and if it. If anybody is like, yes, you got to buy this crystal or else you're, you're going to like not be protected. That's fear based, right? That's yeah. fear based. Yeah. And it's not, and it's not love. So, so like you said, what did you say? Hashtag uh, energy don't energy lie. Energy don't lie. Mm-hmm. These are tools. I love one of my teachers that I, you know, I'm learning from says is like, these are tools, divination, tarot, crystals, the rosary, these prayers, these masses, 
you know these these what? these these are all ways for these are cool these are pieces of the puzzle for us to remember who we are what we're here for mm-hmm. and um yeah but it's just so confusing it can be so confusing as a philippine x in america and i understand that and like it's humbling to come to that you know as i de- continue to decolonize mm-hmm. and Sometimes I'm like, you know, do you ever feel like this? I'll ask you this. Like, you're just like, wow. Like, you just sit and kind of in self-reflective mode. And you're like, this is it. Like, it's like those moments. They're so fleeting and they're so small. But it's like, you know, you go through all these sufferings and you come to this, this mm. like sense of peace and joy for this moment in time. And you're like, this is it. This is where I want to be. This is it. Mm-hmm. But then something, you know, someone yeah. can like honk their horn at you or you can see someone slapping someone in the street. And then you're like that moment's gone but it's like how do we come back to that you know I think I think the important thing is that we do come back to it and do remember it and try to uh, let that essence of that inspire us right yeah yeah because like the other day I was driving down the road and I don't know I was listening to Abraham Hicks and I was just I don't know I just started crying because I was like oh my god it's such a privilege to be a human and then Mm. yeah somebody like cut me off or the truck had a confederate flag on it and I'm like ugh <laughs> you know? I'm like humans what are humans but, <laughs> All right. but for a fleeting you're right like you have these fleeting like in your spirituality in your spiritual journey it should if if you are being pulled and inspired by love by source right you should come upon these moments of of like you're like wow this is this is the this is the diamond right this is the this is the moment right and um just to always try to come back to that spot um or a new spot that feels like that but just let and letting that inspire your heart and your actions so yeah 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 come back to that heart-centered space and I think that that's what the tools Mm -hmm. are there for whether it be prayer whether it be crystals whether it be misting or whether it be you know new moon baths or going grounding or exercising or talking yeah. to a friend you know um, mm-hmm. figuring out how to come back to like you know a place of just heart center because when people don't come from that that's usually where like the conversation lies about checking in like am I moving from a place of heart like is mm-hmm. it really true heart space is it mm-hmm. is what's in what's going on here so but anyway that's good this was a good this was a good conversation today thank you sister thank you uh, as we end our conversation and close out this container with gratitude we again want to bring recognition and honor to our ancestors and the ancestors of this land thank you all for joining our conversation today and as we end i wanted to kind of do a little twist i want to give a shout to ruby abara and Rocky Rivera and Classy and Faith Santia. Yes. For the track called Ooh. Us. And it's at three minutes and probably 14 seconds. And we'll just leave out with. So let it be known if you don't already. Penais have always been part and parcel, if not imperative and critical to the struggle. Filipinas are no strangers to wielding our own power. 
Of all the privileges that exist in this world, none of which you may be a benefactor of, there is at least one you bear, and that is the privilege of having been born a Filipina. Your DNA contains building blocks made from the mud of over 500 years of resistance and survival, and when you are ready, sis, we'll be right here, right here, right here. Island woman rise, walang makakatigil Brown, brown woman rise, alamin ang yung ugat They got nothing on us Nothing on us Nothing on us Nothing on us Island woman rise, walang makakatigil Brown, brown woman rise, alamin ang yung ugat They got nothing on us Nothing on us Nothing on us Isang bagsak